No, I mean, you're definitely, this is definitely Amy's episode, but. Oh, no. Episode two. Oh Look at us following through and stuff. Ooh, yeah. Making cocktails at 9.30 in the morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty on par, though. I know. Yeah. I mean, I have cocktails in the morning, but it's usually a mimosa or a Bloody Mary. Yeah. I feel like it's usually a cocktail someone else has made for me, not something yes. I've made for myself. Yeah. I got to say, standing, you know, standing in the kitchen in my jammies, getting the cocktail stuff ready uh-huh. for this, I was like... Felt a little real. You know, I felt... <laughs> It's for work, Amy. Felt like my grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, <laughs> I've become her. Oh my god. Uh, oh hey, uh, welcome to uh, uh, Banshees and Booze. Oh yeah, that's our that's our podcast. Did we forget to say the name of the podcast in the last in the first episode? No, I'm pretty sure I said it. Okay, because I guess I could have just re-listened to it again. But no, like, I think I, I made you say it. Say it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it's Banshees and Booze. Episode two. Th- this is the musical episode. <laughs> we don't have music yet, so yeah. well, by the time these are out, there, yeah, there, there will be music, and it won't be that, so don't worry. Ooh, now that you've said that, <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, so yeah, Amy's got some real, <laughs> so real weird. interesting news for everyone. So if you listened to the first episode, which I re- I hope you did, I recommend you do. I talked about this weird fucked up shit with my pop-up, how my dad sent this like dramatic text, Mm -hmm. like saying, you know. Well, I mean, it starts because you had a weird premonition. Oh, right. Thank you. You had a weird premonition. I had a premonition and I was just cleaning and, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I said out loud, so I'd had a witness. I'm like, I think that pop-up's going to die. And then two days later, I get this text from my dad, copied to all of my sisters, and, like, it just – he was building it up and building it up. You know, the nurses, you know, they say he, he only has probably another day or two in him and blah, 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 and then sends this photo of Pop-Up in a hospital gown in a bed with his mouth wide open and his eyes shut. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did you just send us a picture of our dead grandfather? <laughs> So freaking out, and then he follows it up, and I guess the text was just super delayed, like, and here he is now, and he's, you know, up and at him and uh-huh. feeling great and stuff. So I was like, dude, all right, so if you heard the last episode, you already know this. So so I was like, okay, so my premonition was, like, halfway right. You know, it wasn't wrong. He was pretty much dead, but mm-hmm. then he, like, got that second burst of life in him. Right. And... We did. We recorded the podcast, mm-hmm. and that all happened on my way here to record the podcast. And then, was it the next day, the following day, mm-hmm. Pop Up died. <laughs> I like that we're laughing. <laughs> he, not funny. He legit died. He real. It's real this time. So of course I was like, "Aw, that sucks," because you know, like we yeah. all thought, like, "Ah, he's he's doing great." Yeah. I mean, he's ninety. He was ninety five. He yeah. had a cool life. But I was like. <laughs> oh my god! I texted I think, you right yeah, away. You text, like, Pop I Pop's dead. I was the first person you texted. <laughs> also, I wrote back. Oh my god! I'm so sorry, Pop Pop. Also, you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I know because I forget that it's like a morning, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. But but you don't understand. But it was right. I was right. So oh don't, my don't tell me if you ever have a premonition about me. Okay. Unless it's a good one. I don't want to know. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what sucks about these like clairvoyant dreams and like yeah. really strong premonitions is they're not always good. And then I question it all. I'm like, yeah. oh, no. Like I have taught. Tons of recurring dreams of like me being on a plane and it going down. Ugh. But Ugh. I feel like that, I think if you analyze the dream, it doesn't mean that you're predicting. Mm. But I'm like, am I foreseeing the future? Yeah. Or am I dreaming about losing control and I've got a lot of anxiety about yeah. that or something? You know, like. See, mm, I have lots of dreams where I see a plane crash. I'm not <gasps> in the plane crashing, oh. but I see the plane crash. Oh, that's scary too. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's always like, my my cinematic mind is always like I see the plane hit and then there's like half a beat before I feel like the shockwave <gasps> of like the noise and everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, now you're prepared for the nuclear war that's about to exactly. Happen, but, yeah, you know, I'm super prepared. Yeah, that's what your dreams were actually. I kind of want to move back to where I lived in Texas for where, where I was born in Texas. We were very 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 near. Um, a military base where they built bombers. Oh. Um, so we always knew that we were like a top target, you know, which is kind of a relief because it's like, you're just never going to hear it, see it, feel it. You're just going to be vaporized immediately. It's all these suckers on the outskirts that are going to like suffer, you oh know. Oh my God. Yeah, flat. I, I could be dead right now. I don't know. You're the ghost. I'm probably the ghost. Ah. Let's be real. <laughs> I think we're at the more I lived in Texas. I think they had actually had a bomb shelter, yeah. like a fallout shelter, yeah. um, just because their house was built in the 50s or yeah. whenever those were popular. We didn't bother. Well, I mean, what good is it going to be now? We didn't have our area of Texas because we don't have we don't have basements in Texas. Uh, well, we oh, are, right. Because of the bedrock. Get too much rain. Oh, it's a bedrock. Yeah. Totally. It's too hard to like dig in. So it's very inconvenient that we also have tornadoes. Oh. We just die. Texas, get your shit together. I know, I'm telling you. Mm, man. Uh well All right. Let's let's so, talk about so let's talk about this lovely cocktail. Okay, well of course it's in the theme of today's oh, yeah. episode, which is all about the Stanley Hotel mm-hmm. in Estes Park, Colorado, which is super haunted. And it's where Stephen King got the inspiration to write The Shining. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I concocted <laughs> a red drink cuz with rum in it. A red rum. It made, it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. And I think I'm just going to call it red rum cocktail. Okay, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Oh my god, that's not my style at all. Yep. Ew. <laughs> It's disgusting. It's kind of like Robitussin. Yes. This tastes like cough medicine. This is literally just Robitussin. Did you just pour Robitussin in here? I did. I didn't want to go to the liquor store to get rum. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you guys what this is. And I followed a recipe that I found online. Don't make it unless you really love cough medicine. Uh, Just go out and get cough medicine. It's, It's grenadine syrup. That was the first mistake. Probably. Well, I think it's too much grenadine. Okay. I mean, I, I, it was okay. So here was the exact recipe: two ounces, no, two ounces of rum, one ounce grenadine, and the rest was. Um, oh well, there's. Your oh, problem. I wrote it down because it's supposed to be a tablespoon <gasps> of grenadine. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Oh, no! Oh 
I'm fired from this. You have to do the cocktails from Very now on. Very convenient. Just... <laughs> oh, crud. Okay, so it's supposed to be two ounces rum, a tablespoon of grenadine. Uh-huh. Shake and pour over ice and OJ, garnish with a lime or orange wedge. I mean, they look adorable. They're so cute. We'll post photos on the Instagram page. I'm not going to drink any more of that. I mean, that was... I'm going to pretend like I'm not drinking anymore, but my hip hurts real bad, so... It's so and it's syrupy. Medicine. It's I know. medicine. Well, the good news is the grenadine syrup I bought doesn't have any high fructose corn syrup, but it well, is made with red God dye number 40. <laughs> and the OJ is organic. We wouldn't want to poison our bodies with yeah. high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> But 100 grams of sugar, I'm in. Maybe when the ice starts to melt and it gets a little watered down. Let me try another sip. I mean, I went back for more. That first one was just very shocking. You know, the first one was shocking. The second one gets a little better. It might be because this is kind of the first food I'm eating today, so. Mm -hmm. I ate waffles for breakfast. Oh, good for you. So no protein, just sugar on top of sugar on top of sugar You're going to be really fun today. Mm. It's the day before Easter. Uh Uh-huh. Lots of candy, yeah, sugar. This yeah. is just like, yeah. Okay. I was going to make a quiche tomorrow. That's so Eastery. Uh, that's what I thought too. Yes. I actually am going to make Bloody Marys. Oh. Because I don't have, keep Bloody Mary mix in the house because it goes bad so quickly. Yeah. So I, I don't just, have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to make Bloody Marys and then I just, I'm going to make banana muffins because I love banana bread mm. so much. So I'm going to do banana muffins. And bacon and Bloody Marys. Nice. It's kind of not traditional, but no, I like it. It's you make the ingredients that are in the house. Yeah. yeah. And I need to use them up. So, yas. Okay. So that's the drink. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I messed it up. I own that. <laughs> and uh, okay. So it's also very tropical, which is not what you would expect at all when you're uh, doing your episode about a place in Colorado in the mountains. But, you know, I've been to Colorado quite a bit because my family lived there for a while. I didn't live there, but, you know, I'd go visit them a lot. Yeah. And um, oh, I, brought, I brought the loudest water bottle there is. <laughs> um, and it's always, you know, it's pretty frigid and cold. So yeah. why not have a tropical-themed drink? Exactly. You know, a little rum, OJ. It would go well with that. Yeah, the, uh, um, the nice little bar they have there. Yeah, they have a really cool bar at the Stanley, and they do brew their own beer, and it is called a Red Rum Ale. Oh. I think it's a Red Ale, but the label is really cool. It's like basically the the back of Danny, like oh. you know, with like Red Rum written nice. on the wall, and it's cool. It's really cool. On um on our Instagram page, once we release this episode, I'll put a bunch of my photos from this my visit to the Stanley. Yeah. Because it, it was really I'm telling you, wild. this is Amy's episode. <laughs> all, she's got the best Aww. research. She made the terrible drink. I made a bad drink. It's so good. Oh, it's so bad. Next drink cannot involve syrup. Okay. Because diamonds are a ghoul's best friend. Yeah, that had also syrup. had syrup. Yeah. This has syrup. We got to just do something like a okay. beer. Or I'll something. do something manly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So our next episode has to be a real manly ghost. Um. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um. Well... Let's let's learn about the let's learn about the Stanley Hotel and how haunted it is. Okay. Well, I'm going to go into the history of the Stanley okay. really so that we can kind of get an idea of why it was so haunted. So this is from the Stanley Hotel website. Uh, it's located in Estes Park, Colorado, which is about an hour away from Denver, and it's just so beautiful. It's on the website it says 7500 feet above the ordinary. Huh. And it would cost about 
$279 if you and I were to stay there tonight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's so, not bad. No, we know the price point. Yeah. You know, it's high season probably, right? Because it's Easter. Yeah. Probably this is the price of your time maybe, yeah. you know? Um, actually, when I looked at my photos, I realized I was there during this time of year exactly mm. four years ago. It was about around Easter time. It was April. Um, okay, so this is really interesting. As I was like browsing their website, this is new. They, I don't think these were there when I was visiting, but they have new modern condos that the Stanley manages, and they're more like vacation home rentals. And they're called the Overlook Condos. Oh, my God. I mean, do you think they're playing up the Shining <laughs> a little bit there? Yeah. So for those who don't know, the hotel in the Shining is the Overlook Hotel. And they're called the Overlook Condos. Yeah, they're oh trying my, really hard. You guys are really pushing. Yeah. Really pushing. I mean, okay, so here's uh, more of the actual history. Um, built in the early 1900s by F.O. Stanley... Oh, which stands for Freeland Oscar Stanley, um, who created the Stanley Steam Engine, which is a steam-powered horseless carriage. Also, do you remember Stanley's steamer carpet cleaner? 1-800-STEAMER. Stanley Steamer, the carpet cleaner. Wait, is that right? Yeah, the carpet cleaner. They also- 1-800- And then they changed it to gets your home cleaner, because then they started cleaning other things. Oh. I am intensely familiar with the Stanley Steamer commercials. Do you remember the one, I think it's called Regina Steamer Carpet Cleaner? Regina Steamer. Carpet cleaner. Oh, no. That was... Oh, maybe that was only in regional. the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Stanley Steamer. Maybe... I don't know if there's a connection Might there, be. but I feel like they'll got it, right? Um, anyway. I mean, I can't remember to, like, pay my taxes on time, but I do remember the both versions of the Stanley Steamer. Yeah. Jingle, Jingles, so. man. Great. Jingles. If I need to memorize anything, I have to write into a song. Good point. Yeah. Tammy, pay your damn taxes. <laughs> And don't forget to feed your meter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, So arriving in Colorado in 1903, uh, Freeland Oscar Stanley and his wife Flora had been sent west by his doctor to seek fresh mountain air. Stanley, who suffered tuberculosis, had been advised to not make plans beyond six months. The doctor arranged for the couple to stay in a friend's cabin in Estes Park for the summer. They immediately fell in love with the area and F.O.'s health began to dramatically improve. So after spending the summer in the cabin, his wife Flora wanted a home like the one she had left in Maine. Uh, Their home was built above a half mile west of where the Stanley Hotel would eventually be. And today the house is a private residence. Oh, I was just going to ask that. I bet that Mm -hmm. house is for show haunted. Yeah. Uh, Finding, I feel like I have a film over my lips from this drink. (laughs) I felt the same thing. I thought it was just me being a gross person. No. Oh good, we can blame It feels like a Film of nastiness uh-huh. just coating my lips. Wow. Okay. Maybe it'll lock the moisture in, though. Maybe it's good for you. Yeah, it's good yeah, for you. it's good for you. It's good for you. Uh, finding the town lacking in amenities, F.O. set out to change the local economy. On the 160 acres he purchased from Lord Dunraven, <laughs> Stanley built the main building of the hotel, which is one of 11 buildings in the original complex. And many of those original buildings remain in use today on the 55 acres that the hotel still owns. Construction of the main building began in 1907 and took two years to complete. By his dying year in 1940, guess he surpassed those six mm-hmm. months. Eat it, doctors. Yeah, take a cue from Pop Up. They give you a day, you take two. Yeah, take two. <laughs> 
Stanley had not only built his grand hotel, which was the first hotel west of the Mississippi, to have electricity. But he also developed a sewer, power, and water company, as well as Estee Park's first bank. So this dude built the the town, basically. Right. He was like, ah, yeah, I've I've got energy now. I'm going to change everything, which was great. He, like, really did a lot. He was also instrumental in helping to restore wildlife to the area, promoting the establishment of Rocky Mountain National Park. Aw, Pretty cool. He probably had to restore wildlife because, like... He used he, he it, killed it for yeah. his, uh, like, 60 acres yeah. to build a hotel <laughs> and probably hunting. Um, okay. Now do you want to hear a little bit about the haunted history yes. of it? Okay. And then you're going to go into your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Just making sure because I put the timeline somewhere else. Um, all right. So let's talk about some haunted stuff. So uh, the, on the About page of the hotel's website, it definitely – talks i mean you just click about to get more information but it tells you all about the ghost the haunted stuff so they're really capitalizing on it i read that they make over a million dollars in revenue off of their haunted tours each year so they're not that expensive so though i I may have looked into it i really yeah they're only like 30 bucks or something like that which i was like that's a deal that's really good that's really good i would do that Mm -hmm. well i did a self-guided ghost Mm -hmm. tour an accidental ghost tour to uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll get into that later. Um, okay. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. This actually is boring. The hotel was just like, it's renowned by specialists and experts in the field of paranormal investigation. is one of the nation's most active sites. So, obviously, some of the hotel's eternal guests are F.O. and Flora Stanley, who continue to go about the business of running their beloved establishment as though they were still alive. Flora's antique Steinway piano can be heard playing in the dead of night. Mm. And Mr. Stanley has been captured in photographs surveying the going on the goings on in the billiards room, one of his favorite places. So let's talk about room 217. Oh, let's. This is the room that in The Shining was room 237. Uh-huh. There's a reason it was changed from 272 to 237. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I know, better. and I'll tell you during my research. Yes! Teamwork! Yeah. Awesome! Because I don't know why. Okay. I well. do. Well, in 1911, so the hotel was only open for a few years, room 217 was the presidential suite. It was L-shaped, and today it takes up two rooms, 215 and 217. But back then it was just a giant, huge suite of 217. On the evening of June 25th, 1911, a thunderstorm cut the power and all of the hotel's guests were taken down to the lobby while staff was charged with lighting the backup gas lamps because this hotel was the only one with electricity, but they had backup gas lamps. So there was an unknown gas leak when chambermaid (gasps) Elizabeth Wilson entered room 217 with a lit candle. Holy crap. The gas didn't have an odor in that time period, so she couldn't smell anything. As soon as she entered the room, there was an instant explosion. The massive blast destroyed about 10% of the nearly 70,000-square-foot hotel. Its entire west wing uh, was destroyed, but it was a compression explosion, so it actually put out its own fire. Otherwise, the entire hotel, which was made of wood, would have burned down. Uh, The force of the explosion sent Elizabeth Wilson crashing into the dining room located directly under room 217. She suffered two broken ankles, but that was it. What? She recovered from her injuries. Stanley paid all of her medical bills, and after she recuperated, Wilson, Elizabeth Wilson, was made the head chambermaid and worked at the hotel until her death in the 1950s. 
I was like, really? That's that it? really nice. Why would the hotel room be that haunted if she yeah. survived? You know, that's weird. I mean, we learned about that kind of stuff last week where there's like a traumatic event in a location. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So even if, though she didn't die, mm-hmm. she's still attached to it. Right. Well, it says after her death, she reported the pur- – purportedly, began to haunt the room, sometimes by folding guests' clothing and putting them away. If an unmarried couple is occupying the room, the very proper Mrs. Wilson's ghost may climb into bed with them and try to force them apart. Ew! What is she, a cat? Could you imagine, like, you're, like, trying to do it with your yeah. partner in bed and something is just driving the two of you apart? Excuse me. <laughs> like, Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Are you married? And leave, leave enough room. For the literal ghost. (laughs) 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 Nothing like doing it with your partner and a 90-year-old ghost lady. So. And there's some websites for that, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure people are into that. Yeah. So something fishy is with this story. Yeah. Right? Because five different Colorado news sources at the time, back in 1911, reported five different, sometimes vastly different, stories of this incident. Gasp. The Denver Times reported just a day later that the chambermaid's name was Elizabeth Lambert and that she was fatally injured. The same report said she was joined on the second floor by another maid, Eva Colburn, who was thrown through a wall onto the hotel porch but was stunned. So they say Elizabeth did die, and this other maid was with her too, and she got thrown through a wall. The Fort Collins report said the victim's name was Lizzie Leitenberger. So only one report identified the victim as Elizabeth Wilson, saying that she just broke her ankles. None of the reports mentioned that there was a thunderstorm or any kind of weather event. And other reports say that none of the gas lamps were lit that evening. Weird, right? No employee records from the time period are still at the hotel, and no photographs of any of these women can be found. Okay, so this nice story about ankles and being the head maid and working there mm. till she died is like propaganda. I don't. I think here's what I think. I think she did die, and that they were covering it. Yeah, because they're like, oh, and F.O. Stanley paid her medical bills, oh. and she recovered nicely, and. But why the cover-up and why all five different newspapers reported different names and different fatalities? Amy calls shenanigans. I call shenanigans. (laughs) Let's find out what happened in 1911. See, I bet you, though, I'm sure that there's been, like, you know, mediums or seances in 217 that they tried to talk to the ghosts and find out what really happened. But who knows? I don't know. Isn't that odd? Yeah. So um, this is really interesting. Recently, so 103 years after the explosion, so 2014, pieces of the original wallpapered drywall and carpet from room 217 was discovered in the bowels of the hotel structure while the hotel's engineer was checking the air handlers. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. It was the original wall. The blast was that, that crazy. That it, yeah. Yeah, it makes total sense that just her ankles were broken. Yeah, right? Like, the wall was, like, buried underneath yeah. the hotel structure. And the Nothing blast was about, that, oh, no, I just broke my ankles. Everything's fine. Like, terrible third-degree burns. Yeah. And... yeah, what about the burns? What about the burns? What about the burns, Elizabeth Wilson? Mm. Mm, if that's your real name. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Okay, so I'm like, all right, but there's got to be more haunted stuff, right? I mean, yeah. even from when I was there, I was like, there's some shit happening here. So the best reference I found was 
a USA Today poll, like or like um, it asked, like post on Facebook on the USA Today thing, like your stories of the Stanley Hotel because mm. they did a little write up. USA Today always reminds me of when you're like staying at like um, a Marriott or like any kind of <laughs> hotel. Like that's the paper that goes under your door yeah. in the morning, and it's kind of I don't know, it's a little fluffy to me. But they did do a write up about the Stanley a few years ago, and um, a pe- uh, readers shared their own accounts, and some of them were like. It's pretty crazy. I left the names out because, you know, they didn't ask to be a part of this podcast. So here's a few of other people's stories. Uh, back in, oh, this is a quote. Back in 1993, my husband and I stayed there. We had our infant son with us, and his little portable crib was between the two beds. It was a room with two, two twin beds at that time. In the middle of the night, at some point, the baby crib shook violently. It woke us up, and we were freaked out. We did not sleep the rest of the night, stayed up holding the baby, and left first thing in the morning. That's so freaky. Dang. That's really, really scary. Leave the baby alone, ghosts. I know. Shaking baby syndrome. I mean, maybe the baby had was like colicky. Oh, that's true. the ghost was trying to help. The ghost was like, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, and the parents were just sleeping through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that could be it. Uh, here's an employee's account. I worked night audit and front desk there in the early 2000s. Flora's piano would play by itself late at night. Got locked in the kitchen several times when all the doors slammed shut at the same time and locked. I can go on and on. No. 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 Don't. I won't. Don't go on and on. She doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I was goofing around in my room there by playing a joke. I jiggled with the lamp cord to make the light flash. Within 30 minutes, the room temp reached over 90 degrees. It scared me, so I checked out. Oh, my gosh. Now that you know for sure, like, ghosts tamper with temperature. Yeah, absolutely. Usually it makes it colder, but definitely because I got super duper duper hot during a ghost experience once, and I read that that's common too. Yeah. Most of the time it's a cold blast, but, yeah, that's, ooh, 90 degrees. No. Yikesies. That's when you need a tropical cocktail. Exactly. <laughs> when your hotel room is nice, 90. <laughs> relaxing, diabetes-inducing cocktail. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, okay, here's another quote. Concert hall is definitely haunted. I worked at the Stanley for a few years off and on and definitely have had encounters at Concert Hall and Manor House. There was multiple times I would hear singing upstairs, which wasn't too bad, but downstairs was bad. There was a few times I was down there alone and would get the feeling I needed to leave. And one time I was doing inventory inventory alone. I mean, no. Why would you do inventory alone in a haunted hotel? Uh, Doing inventory alone and the bottles started rattling around loudly behind me. I was completely alone in the building and there was no way they could have done that by themselves. Obviously. All right. Here's the last one. We were on a tour for my daughter's birthday down in the rooms below the concert hall. She said, we need to leave. They don't want us here. She has no memory of saying that. What? I'm so glad I did all this on like yesterday early morning because right? it made me really creeped out. Yeah. Because with all of these were a lot of photos too of yeah. like people's – it was real, 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 real creepy. Uh, so the Stanley is clearly very proud of the haunted history uh, because you, you click on the stuff yeah. and all it talks about is ghost things and it says this. And then it will lead you into your segment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Stanley Hotel, known for its architecture, magnificent setting, and famous visitors, may possibly be best known today for its inspirational role in Stephen King's novel, The Shining. The hotel has been featured as one of America's most haunted hotels, and with the numerous stories from visitors and staff, the Stanley continues to shine today, as it did in 1909 when first opened. I mean, God bless them. They love it. They love it. It's, oh, if Stephen King never stayed there, they would be... 
I, you know what, I had fallen down a bit of a rabbit hole when I was doing my research because I was focused on how the Stanley Hotel has been portrayed or influenced pop culture. Yes. That's, um, I so don't know anything about that. I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole looking at um, ghost hunting shows and stuff. <gasps> and uh, oh I found like a, like a listicle that was like five things you don't know about being a ghost hunter, you know? Oh. And one of the things that they mentioned was like establishments love having a ghost like people will even they'll fake it but also like they love it like it's it's it brings money, in the big money, bucks money. yeah whoa yeah. oh so if you if you own a hotel you when you die you better haunt it you to better like make haunt sure it, it stays in business yeah exactly wow interesting so um, stanley fo stanley and flora were probably like we're we're gonna haunt this place look, because we care we want people we want to stay in business mm-hmm. borrowed time and all that interesting um, so, yeah, so I was looking at the Stanley from a pop culture reference, uh, and, uh, uh, obviously The Shining is, is the biggest thing, so we'll spend a little time there. Um, so first of all, uh, obviously, m- I feel like most people have probably seen the movie. Most people have seen the movie. And if you haven't seen the whole movie, you've seen parts. You've oh, seen parts. are you trying to say if there's any spoilers? Oh. Guys, if you haven't seen the movie, shame. On you. Yeah, just go see it. And I guess there's, maybe there's spoilers. There might be spoilers, but but everyone knows the most famous count. part. It was made in friggin' 1980. There's no such thing as spoilers. Um, <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell yeah, me. Right. Um, so uh, so firstly, I was going to talk about the book, The Shining, because oh. it's actually different in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Uh, the Stanley-inspired horror novelist Stephen King to write The Shining in 1974. Um, King and his wife Tabitha spent one night in room 217 mm. while on vacation during their short residency in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, upon arrival, they discovered that they were the only overnight guests. That is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Would you stay? I guess if you're no. Stephen King, you would, but... Um, so Hell no! The hotel staff were getting ready to close for the season, and uh, Stephen King says, quote, we found ourselves the only guests in the place with all those long, empty corridors. Oh, shit. Uh, He and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room accompanied by canned orchestral music. I'm so scared right now. All right. (laughs) Quote, except for our table, all the chairs were up on the tables, so the music is echoing down the hall, and I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. Uh, Right. So the kings were shown to room 217, and that night, a dream struck King with inspiration for his next book. Quote, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) The horror. The horror. Oh, oh. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. c- continue. Yeah. I just something just occurred to me. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I woke up with a tremendous jerk sweating all over within an inch of falling out of the bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair looking out the windows by the ro- oh wait, looking out the windows at the Rockies. And by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of my book firmly set in my mind. <laughs> uh, so obviously this the Overlook ho- the Overlook Hotel is based on his oh experience in the Stanleys in room 217. And in the book um, it is room 217, which is the same room that they stayed in. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so this must have been a Kubrick, like, decision. Oh, I can't wait to tell you about it. Oh, shit. Um, so, right. So, uh, okay. The other thing that I had read was that, um, 
this this goes back and forth. I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. Some people say it's kind of hard to track down what Stephen King says about anything. He's, you know, kind of weird. Um, but it was interesting hearing what you were saying because I was like, oh, so it seems like it was just kind of a very dystopian feeling for him and that inspired his novel. But I did read somewhere that they had dropped off their luggage and then gone to dinner. When they came back up, all of their laundry was folded and put away. And they were like, oh, thank the maid for us. And they were like, no maid came here. No, that happened to Stephen King and Tabitha? (gasps) So I don't know. Oh, my God. Right? So that's – I read that in two different places. So I don't know if it's just people combining those stories or if that really happened to them. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because I didn't have a direct quote from him. Elizabeth Wilson. But so about the book, too – at the time, Stephen King was battling alcoholism. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, um, and also uh, had a real hard time with his kid. Oh. Um, yeah. And so partially based off of his alcoholism. So him writing the book was a lot like of him working out his personal demons yeah. about everything. Yeah. So they had actually gone to Colorado because he had just, he, this is, I guess his third published, but he had had huge success with Salem's Lot and then Carrie. And then both of those are horror stories. And both of them were set in like, you know, small towns in the Northeast. Um, So he really wanted to get out of that. And so he was like, let's, let's, let's move to Colorado for a minute so I can write a book about Colorado, I guess. Um, I mean, I get it. You know, sometimes you like to be inspired. Yeah. I mean, F.O. Stanley went for yeah, good health. Exactly. You know, left Maine and ooh, he kind of yeah. traveled in his footsteps oh a little God, bit. Oh my God, he kind of did. From like New he England. To- yeah. Everything's Whoa. in Maine and Stephen King's not. Yeah. <gasps> Oh my god, he was super inspired. Whoa. Um, so yeah. So that's that's how so the book is actually in a lot of ways very different from the movie. Um the book, if you've ever read a Stephen King novel, um Not me, they're really long. They're very long and they're very supernatural, like generally speaking. Ooh. Like like there's a part in the book of the shining where like like hedge topiaries attack somebody and kill them. Oh, really? It's stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Stuff that would cost a little bit more to right. film. A mm-hmm. little bit less of a psychological thriller, a mm. little bit more of like freaking topiaries murdering you. <laughs> See, that I can handle. Yeah. That's not going to, I don't think that can happen in real life. So yeah. I can read that and be okay. But watching The Shining. Right. Oh, no. So, oh, no. Um, King kind of famously disliked. The movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So he says he's only watched a little bit of it and then he turned it off. <laughs> he didn't give it a whole chance. It's so good. I mean, it's what so is he good. Doing? This guy's an alcoholic. Um, uh. so, <laughs> um, but, Maybe it hit too close to home, Jack Nicholson's portrayal. Oh, a... he also, he didn't like Jack Nicholson. He said, really? um, yeah, because Jack Nicholson had just done One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. And so he was like, well, the audience is just going to be waiting for this guy to lose his mind, which is stupid. Mm, um, yeah. Stephen King, bless you, but that's stupid. Yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson always plays that type. Yeah, no, it's really fine. Mind. So he wanted somebody a little more of an everyman type, so oh. it would be shocking that he, like, went insane. Oh, but oh. whatever. I think Jack Nicholson's casting, though, is so great because yeah. you're on the edge of your seat even when he is, like, a cool dad. Yeah. You know, a oh, nice cool guy. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, I don't trust this. Yeah. It keeps you more, you know, for me at least. I was scary. He's so uh, scary. So... When they went ahead and filmed the movie, um, so Stanley Kubrick, you know, famously 
made the movie. It's great. Go watch it. Uh, it's been lauded as one of the best horror movies of our time. Um, they did not actually film at the Stanley Hotel, even though that was the inspiration. They filmed at the Timberline Lodge, which is located in Mount Hood in Oregon. Oh. Well, that was what they used for the exterior shots. Oh. Um, they were also, they were on set in England. Um, they built sets inside in England. Um, and uh, so... Because they were doing this filming, the Lodge requested that Kubrick not depict room 217 in The Shining because future guests at the Lodge might be afraid to stay there. And Mm. so a non-existent room, 237, was substituted in the film. Aha. That was polite. uh But contrary to the hotel's expectations, room 217 is requested more often than any other room at the Timberline. Really? Yeah. So at the time, they were worried because – so Kubrick had made um, uh, – what is it called? Linden. What is it called? Barney Linden? Barry Lyndon? I don't know. Uh, Is that a movie? Yeah. Barry Lyndon? Yeah. Hmm. It's Kubrick's other movie. Oh. Just the one other one. Just the other one. Yeah, the one before this. But this was going to have a wide release, like everybody knew. Oh, okay. But um, so apparently, like, filming was terrible. Uh, it took a year for principal photography. Um, the script got changed so many times that by the end, when uh, PAs would hand uh, Jack Nicholson dailies, he'd just throw them away because he was like, there's no point in memorizing this. Wow. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, Kubrick uh, did not get along with a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. He had fights all the time. I can imagine. Um, he also, uh, in the very, very famous scene... Uh, where with the the here's Johnny mm-hmm. Kubrick, who lived in England at the time, did not get the reference and kept asking for different line readings. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it with Larry. Let's try. <laughs> he did not get it. Here's uh, Bob. Yeah, adorable, adorable. He's like, why are you saying it like that? Like, um. How about one beat for here and yeah. then five beats for Johnny? Look, I don't want to give you a line reading, but... <laughs> How about here is Johnny? Um, oh, my gosh. Right? Well, it's so, funny, too, that 217 is so popular at mm-hmm. the Timberland Hotel or whatever because yeah. it's not even the haunted room. Yeah, it's at the people Stanley. People are getting confused. Yeah. Dum-dums. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Shelley Duvall and Kubrick were, like, at each other's throats the whole time, too. Oh. He hated her. You know what's so <gasps> uh. interesting? Because... I get that. I hear that a lot that people hate Shelley Duvall in that movie. She's my favorite part of that movie. Oh my God, her giant bug eyes. I like, love just, her. She's I, great in that movie. I, I think love her so she's much. She's like so perfectly dumb and I like do. perfect. I love it. I do too. Who okay. else were they going to. It's perfect as it is. Yeah, she's she's great. Also, Fuck you, Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick, why do you cast actors you hate so much? Yeah, exactly. Maybe you didn't have that much clout at the time, but it's like, dude, get to, you know, work with it. Work with it. <laughs> A year. So uh, I wanted to also talk about um, a documentary about The Shining, which I think you've seen. I've seen it. You've seen it? Okay. Yes. I've seen it too. Is it called Room 237? It sure is. Yes, I did see it. Okay. It's about all the um, conspiracy theories Uh about it. Uh Uh-huh. It sure is. It sure is. It really made me think a lot. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Okay, do you think it's all hokey pokey? Well, I hated that movie, and I love documentaries. Oh, Uh, yeah. I hated it. 
Mm, so yeah. it wasn't that good. I think I, but it was interesting. But it got like really good reviews. Although I will yeah. say Roger Ebert agreed with me. Um, oh, so that made me feel good. Um, it, it wasn't that well made. I was expecting mind blowing, like what? Well, no way! And it was really slow paced and a little over explained. And I think so. the The point of it is that it's a bunch of different theories that people have, and these theories are wackadoodle. Um, I, I bought into all of them. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's fine. I'm a conspiracy it theorist. It was just like the more I was watching it, the more I was like, some of it are was these a people little crazy. crazy. Yeah. Like, are these people yeah. crazy? Some of it was definitely like eye rolling inducing, yeah. but other stuff I was like, what? Like, like the carpet, the way the carpet was like the pattern of the, yeah. in the carpet yeah. was do, and then how. Okay, this is going to be interesting because this is what my haunter hoax is about. So Oh, it is? Okay, yeah. should we wait? So I'll, should see. I? Okay. I'll, I'll see what you remember. Okay, okay, um, okay. I okay. remember certain things. I totally, totally believe that Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing though <laughs> in a studio. I do. I believe it. Okay. Okay, we'll get to that some other time. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so. Right. So I mostly just wanted to like mention it. It's it's interesting to watch. I think it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um it, it, I will say if I had known going into it that it was like let's give a platform for insane people, I might have enjoyed it a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The people they're interviewing are just like people yeah. who with these theories and right. you know. I just, I thought some of it was pretty interesting yeah. and and I um I believed I believed I believe everything I hear for the most part. So. I know that about you. <laughs> I know that about you. I don't question much. I just go with it. Um so then just quickly to mention a couple other non-shining related things. Um there are tons of paranormal investigation shows that have been filmed there including Amy and I's favorites, mm. my favorite Ghost Hunters and Amy's favorite favorite Ghost Adventures. Oh my God! Ghost Adventures filmed there. Yeah, they I definitely never saw did. that one. Yeah, you gotta look it up. <gasps> uh, but yes. Ghost Hunters have been there a couple times, and they did a live hunt on Halloween one year because they oh always do, they do like a live hunt. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, Ghost Adventures is a live yeah. one too, but you have to watch for like twelve hours. Yeah, no, I <laughs> it's do boring. it. Boring. Oh, I don't do it. Oh, oh I do it. Uh, we stay up all night doing it. It was really fun. Aww. Um, we eat a lot of candy. So. Uh, <laughs> They, uh, the ghost hunters specifically, they go down into that, into the bowels, you know, oh. and there's all this bedrock down there. And oh when we God. were talking last time about like how things can be kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah, they like imprinted and stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think that like that deep bedrock that's kind of like going through everything, like that's a, one of the reasons there's a lot of activity there. Oh, and then sure. for my, um, final, uh, mention of the Stanley Hotel, possibly its most prestigious um, use. It was the Danbury in the movie Dumb and Dumber. It was? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they don't use it in the actual movie of The Shining, yeah. but they'll use it for Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. So when you, awesome. see, when you see Lloyd walking up those stairs in those furry boots... <gasps> That's Stanley Hotel. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yep. Why would they choose that hotel though? It's so like I don't know, man. So, there's so many. Yeah, it is really pretty, I guess. That's really funny. You would think that it would be popular filming for a lot of like paranormal movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um that stairwell is also very haunted. Do you want to feed your meter? 
No, it's Are fine. you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm nervous. I don't want you to get a ticket. No, well, I can feed it. I know that your hip is hurting you. No, no, no. Do you no, want me no. to feed your meter? No, don't we feed my meter. We can edit this out. No. Hey, this is me living on the edge. Oh, God. I just got a ticket the other day for I was a dum-dum and parked on the street cleaning side during oh, yeah. street cleaning. No, and it's I, fine. 70 bucks. No, I believe in it. I believe it'll be fine. All right. Um, Breaking the law. Breaking the law. girl. All right. Well, we won't take much longer, but I want to um, – Go into a little bit about my yeah, experience at the Stanley. Amy's been to the Stanley. I've been there, and actually, my experience there is what inspired me to pitch Ghostbusted to you. I'm like, what about this pair of alcoholic go- amateur ghost hunters? Because uh-huh. basically, that's what happened to me. Um, I went, uh, I went not knowing anything about the Stanley. I had seen The Shining, but I did not know anything about the Stanley Hotel, except that it's The Shining Hotel that everyone likes to flock to. So uh, four years ago, me and five, five, yeah, five of my girlfriends from high school decided to go. We stayed at my parents' like vacation home in Colorado, and um, by like I don't know, within a few days. We were all pretty cranky. <laughs> like, we wanted snow so that we could do some spring skiing, and it really was – it was just not snowy at all. And so it was that in-between. We didn't really have a lot to do. So we kind of got a little – we were all at different levels of, like, activity and fitness. And, you know, so some of us wanted to do these really intense hikes, and, and some didn't. And it was tough. Six women on a trip is is tough to figure <laughs> out. What is going to satisfy everyone? Uh, but what does satisfy six women? Ghosts and booze. Yes. So we went to the Stanley Hotel for the tourism aspect of it, really. We weren't planning on staying the night. We didn't. Um, so we uh, we get there and we're like, it's a lo- it was a long drive. And like, let's just get a drink. You know, we didn't even like walk around or mm-hmm. like, let's just go straight to the bar. So we did. And, uh, you know, you get a little alcohol hits you a little harder in Colorado because you're oh, so yeah. high and up in altitude. It really gets you. So naturally, everyone was ordering doubles of everything. And <laughs> like, let's get fucked up. <laughs> so, you know, it didn't take long before we were nursing pretty good little buzzes. And, uh, and I took a photo of my one of my best friends, Casey, who you've met, um, at the bar. And this photo will definitely be posted on Instagram. But she's she's looking over her, her shoulder, smiling. And I took – I guess I took two. I thought I just took one. One photo, there she is smiling. And then the second photo, there's this huge orb on her arm. And it looks like a giant curled finger almost. Like it's oh. curled, like a scorpion tail. Uh-huh. It's Absolutely 100% an orb. It's the same photo. One has an orb and one doesn't. So there's, you know, ghost tours that go on there all the time. And they do have someone working the desk, like the ticket desk for the ghost tours. So we we showed them our pictures and they confirmed everything for us. You know, we had a lot. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's – you got you captured an amazing orb there. Uh, so we were pretty excited. And it gave us some courage to – Bust through the red velvet ropes that they have up because if you're not staying at the hotel, you can't go up the stairs. Yeah. We decided they're like we're gonna keep finding more ghost stuff, uh-huh. so we did it. We um, actually first we went down to the basement level, which is super spooky. Um, we didn't find anything there; it was just scary, and the bathroom felt really, really scary too for some weird reason. It's just regular modern stalls, but it just yeah. felt odd to me. It felt off. And so then we go upstairs to the where the hotel the hotel rooms are. Uh, this will be posted to. I have a picture of myself in front of two seventeen, 
And the hallways are spooky as shit. Yeah. They're so spooky. They look just like the Shining oh. set. It's so scary. So we're goofing around taking all these photos. And then um, like a couple that was staying there, they passed by and they were like, hey, there's like a roped off stairwell over there. You can't go up it. But it, the stairs just lead to a boarded up door. What? And we were like, what? So we go over and try to look into it, you know, without like busting through that rope too. Mm-hmm. But it was pitch, pitch black. So we stuck our cameras up there <gasps> and took photos with the flash on and looked to see what we captured. It is a boarded up door that definitely leads to like a attic crawl space probably although this was the second floor so that doesn't really make sense when i think about it because it's a four story hotel yeah so we look and on this door obviously somebody did this but it says red rum in red penmanship on it (laughs) and of course we were like And we knew someone obviously had done it probably yeah. 20, 30 years ago, yeah. but it was so spooky. So, um, 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 um oh, so, uh, you know, we just took a bunch of pictures because you never know what you're going to end up seeing. We got this amazing picture of a man's face. Did you see this photo? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the face in the yeah. bookcase. Spooky as shit. So we got that. We showed the the ghost people these photos, and they confirmed some of them weren't ghosts. They were like, "That's a reflection of this." That yeah. it, you know, so they were good at like you know not not pulling our leg on anything. So um, and then the my favorite part. Oh, they also a guest told us too that on the fourth floor you always hear children running back and forth and laughing, and you, it sounds like a ball rolling back and forth too. <gasps> Like children playing. I guess the fourth floor is really, really spooky. Is that? Oh, wait. That's part of my hunger hoax. I won't get into it. Um, And so one of our girlfriends there, uh, she was a non-believer. And so we totally considered her the party pooper. She did not believe. She thought it was real, real dumb how worked up and excited we were getting. So she – so we separated. And um, Casey was with Jessica. And Jessica told Casey – I would only believe if it was just right there in my face. Then maybe I would believe. So Casey takes a picture of Jessica posing in front of this huge, huge picture window on the third floor. Mm-hmm. And in the photo, behind Jessica is a giant face. Stop it. Staring right at her with this Stop weird grin. And so we're not with them. And all I do here is Casey screaming. <laughs> So we ran over there and looked and we're like, we have to show that. And so we went down and we showed them our picture again. Obviously, the employees knew we had jumped these ropes. I just realized they really didn't care, did they? Don't do Uh, that. But if you do, (laughs) show us what you find. So we showed them. We're like, look, look, look. The face behind her in the window. And the person was uh, like, well, obviously, that's just somebody standing behind the window. And we're like, it was the third floor. And their face fell. And they're like, oh, wow, you got something really good there. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so spooky. It's a very dark photo. Casey just sent it to me because I was like, I think I'm going to post this one. So I'm trying to lighten it so you could see it better. Some photos you have to really, like, point at it to Mm -hmm. be – the other one, the face in the bookcase, it's obvious. It's, like, so obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, so those are my experiences um, with the Stanley Hotel. It was so much fun. We captured so much stuff. And, uh, you know, when we got home that night, we just looked through all of our pictures to see if we can find yeah. anything else. We found a lot of orbs. and um, But weirdly, we all six of us had weird, weird series of photos of the floors. And none of us took pictures of the floors. What? All of us. All six of us. That's so weird. Had a bunch of pictures of the floors. 
It was really strange. That's really weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some of us had iPhones, but two of the girls had like like camera cameras, like really yeah. nice, like yeah. professional grade cameras that weren't, you know, iPhones. So it was really weird that that had happened. I, uh, so I work at a spa. So the last time. Oh, yeah. Uh, my spa is kind of like kind of attached to a hotel. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was asking around the other day, and I don't have, like, solid details about this, but I'm going to do some more research. It's kind of weird, like, asking people, like, so you want to talk about this? Uh, <laughs> but um, so apparently so we have a pool, um, and apparently mm. a little boy drowned there. No way. And many people have seen this little boy running around. Do you know how long ago? I don't. <gasps> so I need to you get research it. Yeah, because I feel like I could get like some of the concierge are kind of cool. Mm, so they're all working. I feel like I can like work it and get a little more. Yeah. There's also there's a room which I don't know the room number, but there is a room where weird stuff happens all the time. And so one of the front desk guys will be like, sometimes we forget about it for a little while. It's like you can't not book this room. But then like almost every time anybody calls about something weird happening. Like, it's that room. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I'm going to try to – I wonder if that's the room the boy and his family were staying in Ooh, when he died. Ooh, that's a really good point. Maybe that was the last, quote, unquote, like, home yeah. he was in before yeah. dying. Yeah. So people see him around the pool, which it's weird because it's an outdoor pool. So, like, I think kind of, like, the changing areas or something is, like, where – yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <gasps> if you ever see that boy – Oh, shit. I'll, I'll die. Yeah. You'll die. I'll just die. Yeah, but tell me about it first. Okay. Okay, cool. I will. Deal. <laughs> Call me. Deal. Call me. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little more poking around and see if I can get some more. Hotels solid. are so haunted. Yeah. Next episode, we should do a haunted house. Somebody's house being haunted. Yeah. Figure that out. Um, cool. So that was kind of took place of our up ghost and personal segment because yeah. it was me. It was me. It was I was the special guest. Yep. Uh, you want to do haunter hoax? Yeah. I only have one question though. Yeah. It was really hard. It was hard doing this. Um, it was really hard talking about the Stanley Hotel from a non-haunted perspective. Because, oh, I know. Like, <laughs> boring. I know, right? No. Even doing the history of it, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get to the ghosts. Okay. Okay. So. So. This is good because you watched the you watched the movie, but yeah. I think these are all great. Okay. Um, okay. So I have which is the fake theory from Room Two Thirty Seven? So oh which, gosh. So which of these theories was not proposed in Room Two Thirty Seven? Oh, I see. Okay. 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 So I'm going to name three theories, and two of them were literally proposed in the movie Two Thirty Seven. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. The movie is an allegory for the genocide of Native Americans. The blood elevators are a metaphor for the overwhelming power women like Wendy might have if they embraced their inner strength. Or, the movie is Kubrick hinting at his involvement in the faking of the moon landing. Oh no, I want to say C, but is it B? Uh, B, the blood elevators yeah. are a metaphor. You're correct. It's I, B? I made that you one made up. You made that up? Of course you made that one up. Yeah, you duh, I made that one up. <laughs> You're a real good. You're a real good test taker. That's a good. That was a really good one, though. Because I believe B is like super probable. Yeah, it could be. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just want to emphasize again that the movie Two Thirty Seven contains many minutes of someone telling us that the movie is an allegory. 
<laughs> for the for Native the genocide American genocide. I know. Of Native Americans. Yeah, that one I didn't buy. And it's I was backed like, I don't up. Think so. It's literally backed up by at one point there's like calumet baking soda yes and they're like that word means peace yeah. and it gets destroyed and i was like girl stop <laughs> drinking so much yeah i remember that part that was yeah. the part i was like okay we're really reaching here yeah we are really reaching okay okay i'll do mine you got a point and then we'll um and then you have to feed you have to get to your car okay, i'm okay. making me nervous and i have to pee because i'm nervous about all this stuff well we drank this terrible drink it was so bad yeah. and now i have to pee really bad cuz it's all sugar yeah okay which is a ghost that has never been reported at the stanley ooh a boy looking out the top floor window okay. a mother and child on the stairwell a teenage girl in a pink dress in the concert hall a frazzled ghost at the bar who knocks drinks over the earl of dunraven in room 407 or a ghost that hugs people's legs in room 418. It was a lot. Whoa, Do you that's look a at lot it? of options. No, 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 okay, okay. because I already have an answer. Okay. I'm guessing the frazzled ghost that yes. knocks over drinks. <laughs> See, I'm also, I also know you. <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm like, oh, I have to pattern a fake one now. This well, one. That was my problem, too. Like a frazzled ghost being like, ah, yeah. I was like, how do I make up a stupider theory? <laughs> part about haunter hoax yeah oh god okay all right well next time well we'll figure out something good and i'll make a much but you'll make the drink yes okay that was banshees and booze yeah hope you enjoyed it go watch the shining in room 237 if you haven't and if you have uh personal ghost stories oh, yeah. email us at upghostandpersonal at gmail.com and check out our instagram at banshees, banshees and, and booze. booze uh thanks guys thanks bye, bye. Thank <laughs> you.